Hello, my name is Dr. Paul Wheatley-Price. I'm a medical oncologist at the Ottawa Hospital and immediate past president of Lung Cancer Canada. Welcome to our podcast series called Lung Cancer Voices. In this series, I'll be interviewing patients, caregivers, healthcare professionals, and some of the leading lung cancer researchers in the country and indeed in the world to highlight important and relevant issues facing those affected by lung cancer. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to this episode of Lung Cancer Voices. Uh, this is one of our Canadian research series podcasts where we're highlighting the winners of various research grants that have been awarded by Lung Cancer Canada in 2023. And uh, today I'm joined by um, Dr. Al Strahin, who is a health outcomes, health science researcher in Cape Breton in uh, the eastern zone of Nova Scotia. And Dr. Al Strahin has won a grant from the Jeffrey Ogram Memorial Research Fund. So before we get into uh, meeting Dr. Al Strahin and talking about the project, just by way of brief summary, uh, Jeff Ogram was a longtime friend and supporter and advocate and colleague at Lung Cancer Canada. He passed away from a diagnosis of lung cancer back in 2016 but he'd served as a member of the board and co-chair of our advocacy committee. And he and his family established the uh, Jeffrey Ogram Memorial Research Fund, where we give out uh, one or two awards every year now with the aim of supporting research that looks at early detection of lung cancer and the etiology or causes of lung cancer in different populations. And uh, Dr. Al Srahin is is the winner of one of the awards this year. So with that preamble, Dr. Al Srahin, welcome Welcome to the podcast and congratulations. Thank you so much for having me today on this podcast. And also thank you for choosing our project as the winner of uh, this award. It was a great pleasure and like it was a great happiness in our community because, you know, we have a small research community in Cape Britain. So having this award is kind of a big achievement for our research team. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you are in Cape Breton. And this podcast is listened to by people across Canada and and, and beyond a little bit. So maybe you could just locate yourself for us. You're about as far east as you can get. In That's this. true. <laughs> I'm currently in Sydney, located in Sydney, uh, and I work at the Cape Breton Regional Hospital. Uh, Sydney is the biggest city in the Cape Breton Island or the eastern zone of Nova Scotia Health. And Cape Breton is a very small island in the east coast of Canada. And the population of this island, the whole island with the eastern zone is about 160,000 people at the total population. And uh, age population represents about 23% of the population of the island. Our hospital serves a lot of people from rural community. And so... That's where is Cape Breton, where is right. uh, our island and where, where I work. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been to Cape Breton. It's on my bucket list. Just down the road from you is Lewisburg, which is uh, yeah. a famous naval historical site. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a history lover, so I'm going to get out there one day. Mm-hmm. And, visit. and of course, our current president of Lancance Canada is based in Nova Scotia, uh, Dr. Stephanie Snow in Halifax. So I'm hoping yeah. that she's going to invite the whole Lancance Canada team out and we'll have a... We'll have uh, have some sort of event, and maybe we could come up to Sydney. Um, yeah. So, Dr. Al Sarheen, the let let's just I'm just going to read the title of the project that won the award, which was the effectiveness of implementing a community based lung clinic in the Cape Breton in the Cape Breton Cancer Centre. 
maybe we could just start with that. And what what's the, the kind of lung health situation in Cape Breton as a, my first question? And then the follow-up would be, what, what is this community-based lung clinic? So I will first tell you about the Cape Breton Cancer Center. Uh, it's a mid-size cancer center, uh, mid-size like cancer center uh, with Nova Scotia Health. And it serves lots of rural communities and uh, in the Eastern Zone including five or six counties. For the past years, lung cancer is the most eastern zone compared with like eastern zone and Cape Breton compared with Nova Scotia has the highest lung cancer incidence rate. In addition to that, we have the highest mortality rate related to lung cancer in the eastern zone, like in our Cape Britain, okay. Britain area. In addition to that, Cape Britain, Cape Britain counties, that's small counties, have 19% more cancer incidence rate than the rest of the province. It's like we have very high incidence rate. Why is that? You think that there's such high rates of lung cancer in your part of Nova Scotia? That's a great question. We have so many risk factors. Uh, the first one, uh, we have uh, age population, which I mentioned earlier, we have about 23% over the age of 65. Okay. We have high uh, the highest uh, smoking rate in uh, Nova Scotia, okay. and we also have the highest drinking rate uh, in Nova Scotia. Okay. In addition to the fact that uh, Cape Breton was a mining site, like was miners everywhere, Cape Breton okay. Island, so uh, so we expect that we have high rate and level in the area as well. Okay. So lots uh, of uh, lots of reasons. Because yes. we often think that the biggest risk factor for getting lung cancer is having lungs. Yeah. But of course, and and we sometimes sort of, we, we only semi-joke about that because we know that people can get lung cancer if they've had known exposures like tobacco or mining or other environmental mm-hmm. exposures or, or none. Yeah. But certainly as the exposures go up, so I, I guess very high then. Okay, so so with that, that is that what led the idea to, to implement this uh, specialist clinic? So not only that, we uh, there is a, there are two two more reasons. Uh, the one thing that most of our lung cancer are being diagnosed at stage four, almost 50% of them. And uh, there is one more challenge that um, uh, our lung cancer patient didn't have access to thoracic team in Cape Britain. So they had to travel five hours for their consultation with the thoracic team. So, and many of those patients, as I mentioned, like they are inspected people, and many of them live with low socioeconomic status. So, like we have one of the highest, like uh, economic and material deprivation. (laughs) So that's why, yeah, go ahead. That that five hours would be to go to Halifax then? Yes. And... With, is there any support and financial support or transportation infrastructure to help people get there? Or is this, like you say, an older population, socioeconomically more hard up, but they would still have to pay for the gas and have a car? Exactly. And the accommodation as well. Think about this one. And the accommodation, because um, the council center actually provide uh, some uh, like financial support for those patients to travel. But before they come to the cancer center, when they get referred from primary health care provider to the thoracic team, they don't have that support yet. Okay. You know? So, and many of them decline going to Halifax, to the central zone, 
not only for because they don't have uh, enough financial support to go like for the transportation and for the accommodation, but also they didn't have the social support. They didn't have anybody with them to be in that appointment, you know? Okay. Like, or to stay with them too when they do the surgery because they still have to go to Halifax to do the surgery there because all the surgeons work there. Right. So then, well, tell me then what happened with the this community-based clinic and how yeah. how, how did that so, get? It is I tell you, like our biggest champion here is actually Dr. Daniel French. Uh, he is one of the thoracic team, and he's originally from the Eastern Zone, from Cape Britain, but he works in Halifax. And he noticed that the big, the big, uh, like the huge number of uh, Eastern Zone patients get referred to their team in the Central Zone, the thoracic team. He also noticed that most of them come with so many complex cases, very complex cases. And the, the whole like the thoracic team met with the Cape Breton Cancer Care Team, a very huge team of multidisciplinary team, uh, physician, nurses, uh, technician, administrative managers, the research team, they all met together and they decided into how we can resolve this issue. And they came up with uh, implementing uh, uh, a clinic that opens one once a day per month. This is how it started, actually, when we started. Just one day per month, a thoracic surgeon would come to Cape Britain and see as much patient as they can. And how that, and they hired a specialized nurse, thoracic nurse, and she's also our champion. Her name is Sarah. She's amazing. Like, she is coordinating all the work for the patients between the, uh, the central zone and the eastern zone. And once we got to the idea that what we're going to do, and they said, okay, we're going to turn this into a, an implementation science project. And then we did. Okay. Yeah. So the clinic is up and running then? And is it okay. still just it's still just once a month? No, <laughs> you won't be surprised. The first time that the thoracic, one of the thoracic surgeons came when they had first month, first, first time visit, she said, okay, I will be here from morning till noon to see the patient. And then in the afternoon, I'll take a plane and, and fly back to Halifax. And she was there all day because there are so many complex cases and there's a lot of attention need to be given to those patients. Right. And the number of patients to flow, like now the volume, the patient volume that we have, it's very high. Now the clinic runs uh, in person and virtual. So it runs in person, it used to run once a month. Yeah. And then it became twice a month. And now it runs once a week. Once a week. Okay. Yes. And the thoracic surgeon or are there other oncologists or internists uh, that, that come and do the clinic or respirologists? No, thoracic surgeons. There are, I think, six, six of them and they take turns, you know, and, oh. and they take turns. They come and they see the patient and they also do the virtual. When they oh. do the virtual, the patients still come to the cancer center and the nurse coordinator will arrange for the appointment and then they see the, the thoracic uh, surgeon uh, on, uh, like online, just sure. like we're doing now. Yeah. The Jeff Ogram Memorial Research Fund and the grant that you've received, that, that doesn't um, unfortunately have enough funds to run a program like this. Mm -hmm. the, the program is being done by Nova yes. Scotia Health. But where does the grant fit into this? It, it's helping you study... What's yeah. going on? What, so what are you using the funds for? That's a great question. Uh, so we have, whenever we never do any implementation science research, we have two types of funding. We call it operational funding that is uh, accountable by the, uh, the organization. So right. Nova Scotia Health. 
or like right. find the hiring the nails, the transportation for the, the physician right. and the space as well uh, in the cancer center. And the research funding is for support the research activities, such as hiring research assistants to help us collect and organize data, prepare reports, like, you know, all the research activities that required for the project. And right. we work collaboratively with them because we still con uh, consent patients for the study. So our research coordinator would go in the clinic day when the clinic is running, they uh, make a space for her during that day so she can consent patients and fill some surveys and interviews. Okay. And so what are you in the in the research grant? What what questions are you asking? Uh, what what are you hoping to to learn? So we're trying to see if uh, the the lung clinic. Uh, first of all, we do uh, we collect some demographic information to see how how much risk that those patients we see like we see them in the clinic. So we fill some uh, surveys, and also we are trying to understand if we see if patients are diagnosed at earlier stages. So we can see them earlier instead of seeing them at stage four. Maybe we see them at stage one or two. Right. And we also to see if there's an improvement in wait time. Our lung cancer patients used to wait so long for their wait for 10 to go to Halifax to see thoracic team. But now they get being seen in 18 days, almost 18 to 19 days. They get seen by the thoracic surgeon. In the past, it used to be more than 40 days to okay. get seen. So part of the project is to try and, and is to try and put some detail onto this so flow of patients more rapidly through yes. assessments and diagnostics are they being diagnosed at early stages yes and um, there's, there's improvement in wait time to see thoracic team improvement in wait time for endoscopy procedures improvement wait time for surgery as well because it was really long time in the past in addition to other uh other like you know survival outcomes see on health outcomes yeah we're also looking at uh, one important aspect is the bringing the patient voice uh, and have interviewing the patient and see lived experiences. Okay. Are mm -hmm. you doing that through focus groups or through one-on-one -on -one interviews? Or? Uh, we're doing it one-on-one -on -one interviews with patients. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, so this is terrific. So it makes my heart glad uh, because this is kind of what we feel as at Lung Cancer Canada. We, we have this kind of idea that we want to help all lung cancer patients across Canada from coast to coast to coast. And Kate Breton really is hitting coast. <laughs> it's hitting yeah. one coast. Um, we just had an event in Vancouver last week, uh, Winky, I think, or last week from when we were recording this. Um, and we're also looking to do some initiatives up in, in Nunavut and in Northern Canada. So so that's really exciting. Before we wrap up, how long has the clinic been running? And, and how long until you think you'll have enough data collected to to get some results? Uh, the clinic has been running since October, but we start data collection maybe in only in April. Because, you know, ethics and, and stuff like that still take some time, like to do all the, the start the research project running. Okay. So it started in October 2022? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then data collecting in, in April 2023? Yes. And, so and how long do you think you'll need to collect data to have enough to you know to see if these wait times are being impacted oh uh, we we're hoping to have to collect uh, data till maybe the end of october 2024 and maybe having an like um uh, two years so we have enough uh enough data because we know like before i started like before they planned the research project i asked administrative people at the conference 
how many patients do you expect to see, like, you know, per year, lung cancer patients? And they said, yeah, we expect about 200 people. But since the clinic is running, you have seen about 400 or 500 people. Not right. <laughs> it's like, that's more than what you said. It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> So the, the patient volume is really high. And uh, our sample size is about 500. So I believe by the end of you know, October of 2024, we'll have our sample, uh, enough like sample to generalize over that. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, you know, it's very, that's, it, it's great to hear this very pragmatic uh, program to directly impact people from, you know, communities that have, you know, you've, you've described as being underserved and at risk. So thank you again, Dr. Al-Srahin, for spending time with me on the podcast. Congratulations again on winning the award. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for awarding our project and our team this grant. It's our pleasure. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and please do check out um, some of the others in this uh, Canadian lung research series that will be coming out over the next few months. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Mullen. Please send us your feedback, like and follow us on Facebook at LungCan, on Twitter at LungCancer underscore can and on Instagram at LungCancerCanada. For more information about lung cancer or to donate, volunteer or share your story, visit our webpage at lungcancercanada.ca.